After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. For those of you that have been basically living under a rock in terms of the sports world, Zion Williamson, freshman, Duke player, and kind of as we've started this college basketball season, he's played three games. Let's caveat against Kentucky in the Champions Classic, which we talked about the Kentucky team a little last week, kind of how they're not the same Kentucky, but nevertheless, name brand Kentucky. And then two non-conference games at home against Army and Eastern Michigan. And so while everyone is hyping and amazed at all the dunks and athleticism and the highlights, my thing is, can we see more than a jump shot for Zion Williamson? Like, yes, people are going to say I'm being a hater and we've never seen an athlete like this before and all the genetic nature. And, like, that's great. Like, yes, I acknowledge and recognize that a guy at his size, 6'7", pushing 285, 290-ish, there's never been a guy like that in the league and we all expect him to be a one and done because come on, like, let's just be serious. But at the same time, all he's like, all that we see from Zion Williamson against players that are similar to the guys that he was playing against in high school. Like obviously the athletic difference and the physicality and the athleticism jumping out the gym against guys like army and East Michigan, not to discredit these kids, but like many, who in the in the NBA do we see on the Army team? Who are we saying is going to be a top ten, top fifteen prospect from Eastern Michigan? Even Kentucky, we'll say we'll say that he's played you know a half of a good team because Kentucky has some seniors, but they don't have guys like Kevin Knox that went in the draft last year. They don't have those highly touted freshmen that we're used to seeing from. The Kentucky freshman class. So in three games, you know, he's played you know, half of a good team. Like now, if he's doing all this athleticism and freaking nature and doing all these highlight reels and dunk after dunk after dunk against the likes of Duke, Carolina, you know, or Carolina, excuse me, and that Tobacco Road rivalry, if he does it against Virginia, if he does it against Syracuse, breaking down the two-three zone. Like if he does it against teams that we know are full of NBA players who are going to be his contemporaries, then I'll be impressed. If he does it in March when we're all waiting for Duke to get over that hump once again and make another deep tournament run, then I'll be impressed. But for right now, great. You can dunk. You can jump out the gym. You can do all these things. But 
again, the question still remains from high school. Okay, yes, you can dunk. Do you have a jump shot? Do you have a jump shot? And so in all of this, my thought is this is the same exact thing that I was saying about Blake Griffin when he was at Oklahoma. All he does is dunk, dunk, dunk. We don't see anything else other than dunking. And when Blake Griffin got into the league, what did he do? Dunk, dunk, dunk. Yeah, he kind of decided to shoot every once in a while, but it was mostly dunks. And where, like, where did that get him? Like, granted, size differences, you know, he had, I think Blake Griffin is about three or four inches taller than Clyde Williamson, but, like, I'm, my, my comparison is not to Charles Barkley 2.0 that everyone's been talking about this past week. I think it's more of a Blake Griffin. And we've seen how Blake Griffin's career, especially post-injury, that everyone is fully expecting Zion Wilson to have based on all his athleticism and well, all that jumping well, Blake, out the gym. Blake has been playing pretty well. Now, post-injury, is he the high-flying uh, Blake Griffin from 2010? No, but he's a really efficient basketball player, and he's, he's actually developed his jump shot, and he's a really good rebounder. He's doing pretty well with Andre Drummond over there as them in the front court. Now, the problem with the Pistons is the consistent front, uh, consistent back court, and you know Darren Cohn from last week talked about that, that Drummond and Griffin are doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's just the problem is, can they get some consistency out of the, the back court, and and can Reggie Jackson stay healthy? I mean, Ishmael's not bad, but once again, as I've said on this show, he's a backup point guard. You're not going to win with the backup as a starter unless you got some really good superstar superstars like Rozier had last year with the Celtics. So, but Greg Griffin, though, if Zion Williamson has somewhat of a career like Blake Griffin, you know, that's a pretty decent career. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that to describe Blake Griffin. It's just kind of like once he was forced to develop more of a jump shot, that was when kind of post career after he realized he can't just jump, you know, jump off the gym. Then that's where we started to develop his game, his mid range jumper. And then he started to move back a little bit. I'm just, Wanting to see that, I don't want to buy Wilson to have to resort to a jumping game after an injury. I want him to work on a jump shot now to improve his draft stuff, so that he can have a jumper coming into the league. And it's because in the NBA, like these grown, like again, he's six seven, six eight. Like that's what you're starting, you know, three guard in terms of size. Like yes, he has a physicality. You know the size difference over guys in college, but let's just say size comparison. Boogie Cousins, you know, six nine, six ten, six eleven ish. Like, do you think Boogie Cousins is going to let Zion Williamson just jump out of the gym like that? Like, you like taking it back a little old school. Do you think Zebo, you know, is going to be in the paint? Be like, oh, you want to jump in? You want to come into the paint? All right, so you know, you want to jump? You can pay the price for it. I think in the league. Like, people are going to be able to catch up to him. So you won't have all these transfer dunks. Like, yeah, he may have one or two, but he's not going to have, you know, eight or nine in the game. And so my thing is why everyone's kind of feeding off of this hype. Like, again, look at who he's playing. Look at the comparison. This is basically just a continuation of what he was doing in high school. Now, now that we're getting closer to the ACC and conference play, when it's going to be up against players who are going to be in the league, can he do the same thing? And that, that's my biggest thing. People want, 
listen to the segment and say, oh, he's automatically being a hater. It's like, I want the kid to do well. Like, I want him to live up to the hype that he, you know, this age of Instagram and YouTube and putting your highlight and dunk reel everywhere. I want you to live up to the hype that, and the standard that you set for yourself. Because when you get to the league, ain't nobody going to just let you jump out of the gym. I don't know about that one. I mean, the dude is 285. Well, and I mean, I I tried. But is he going to be? Is he going to maintain that 285 in the league, or is he going to drop down to like a few sticks? And what is that going to do? I, I, or the only thing that I'm I'm the only thing that I'm concerned about is that he might gain weight. That's that's well that's 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 my um concern is that can he keep the weight down? If if he can keep the weight down, he'd be pretty good. But is this gonna be a guy that comes in the league first year he's gonna be young, so he'll probably be able to keep that weight down with the metabolism. But but my question would be as a scout, if if this is gonna be your franchise player, how long is it before now he could stay in shape and have really be disciplined and be a great player, but eventually, as you know, as we get older, uh, we start to slow down a little bit. You know, if he's not in the right frame, right mind, mind frame of mind, and not eating right or not working out right, will he gain a lot of weight? That's the only concern I have. I mean, obviously, he's freakishly athletic, freakishly talented, but all that could be gone and vanished if he starts to put on more weight. And that's just the only concern. Now, I mean, Draymond Green was a little chubby when he came into the league and he lost the weight. And look how, you know, he's had a sustainable career as, as the Golden State Warriors. Now, if he can have that Draymond Green type of discipline, then he's off to be a superstar in the league and he will be dunking on people because no one's going to get in the way of a 6'8", 285-pound man. I'm sorry. But that, that's just too much brute force coming at you, any type of guy. So that's just something you have to worry about. Um, he does have great feet. If he were to gain weight, then does he turn into maybe a low post guy? He pretty much reminds me not much of Blake Griffin. Um, I don't think you remember this guy because you were born in 1990 and you were probably fairly young. He reminds me of a slightly more athletic Larry Johnson. Um, Same build, big, muscular. The only thing that hurt Larry Johnson, he was going to go on and have a really successful career, was that he ended up having, uh, he was lifting a lot of weights and he ended up straining his lower back and he lost all of his explosiveness. Still had a long career. Still had a productive long career, especially when he played with the Knicks, but he started out with the Hornets. Um, so I, I see that it, him more of as a left-handed grandma ma, but just a little bit more skilled on the perimeter and that's just because of the way that how the game has kind of changed a little bit you know grandma ma had more of a mid-range low post game because that's where the game was back then so you know look up the highlights i think he's more of or on the scale of a larry johnson than a actual blake griffin left-handed larry johnson yeah and i've heard i think i've heard kind of throughout the week larry, larry johnson everyone was quick to jump on charles Bar- or charles barkley 2.0 and it's like I mean, I guess. I mean, for his day and age, like Charles was, you know, rebounding machine. Like he was quick to get rebounds. And you could see that with the athleticism and just the way that the game is. Kind of everyone can jump out the gym in certain respects. But again, kind of looking at the, the build of them. And 
like, I didn't want to be disrespectful, kind of, because I was trying to figure out kind of, like, where his feelings were in terms of NBA players. But it's like, could this be a situation where if he doesn't, like you said, maintain the weight, could this possibly be similar to an Anthony Bennett? And I didn't want to be disrespectful. Mm, no, no, I don't, I don't know, David. I think that's a reach. Anthony Bennett was nowhere near as talented as Zion Williamson. I mean, he came out of nowhere. He had a really great year at UNLV, but he only was number one because the draft one was weak, and then he looked good in workouts. He, he he wasn't as highly touted coming out. They really had to work on his game at UNLV. I never thought he was good to begin with. I didn't see what was what was in you know what was great about the guy, um, but like I mentioned before, it was a really weak draft. There was not much in that draft that Anthony Bennett, and he was a big guy, and I think a lot of people were looking more at the pluses and the potential keyword potential that what he could have done and you know I saw the potential but to be honest with you if Anthony Bennett would have been in some more talented draft classes years ahead of him and now even years after Anthony Bennett probably would have been a mid to late first round pick I mean that year was just straight garbage that he was in and that's how he became the number one pick and probably might be one of the biggest busts ever but I, as me personally, when I watched the kid, I said, "This, this. First of all, he ain't a number one pick, talent wise. No, he wasn't gonna be. You knew right off the bat this guy was not gonna be a transcendent talent. Zion Williamson is a transcendent talent. You can just by the eye test watch the kid. Anthony Bennett, no. So him and Anthony Bennett are nowhere even in the same class with each other because Zion Williamson." Being a transcendent talent that he is, any draft class that before him or probably even after him, he's probably a top four pick. Anthony Bennett, on the other hand, no, you know he would have been in a different draft. He would have not. He would have been a mid to late first rounder. It was. It was just the circumstances that it was. Like I was just going for like, like lowest of low floors. Like thinking, kind of like you said, because everyone's looking at Zion, kind of at the potential of. Okay, if he adds X to his game, like, like I was saying, if he has a jumper to his game, how much more could he be? How you know if if he works on this passing and his vision, and we've seen a little bit of glimpses of that in his highlight tape. They'll show kind of some of the no look passes. I think one against Army, kind of he's working on that vision piece and kind of running the floor. So, so I mean, there's a lot of NBA comparisons, and because he's kind of the name that everyone knows and has been on ESPN for the last you know, year, year and a half, two years, people are going to continue to hear about Zion Williamson and he's going to be on TV. He's going to get the spotlight. He's going to be the first name that we always see on the ticker. So the so people are going to be invested in him and thinking, like, not to completely jump you know, ahead, but the possible teams that will be in the lottery. Mm-hmm. You look at the key, the, you know, you look at the Cavaliers. Will they, with everyone saying Zion is the next LeBron James, will they? Well, I think, like- I think really, to be honest with you, you're talking about Zion. And Zion is great, a transcendent talent. And I do think he could be a top four pick in any draft. But the player, the guy I think that could be the franchise changer is R.J. Barrett. RJ. No, he doesn't. He doesn't give you the highlights and anything like that. But he's more of a complete player, and he's also left-handed as well as Zion. Um, 
And, you know, with him, I don't think you have to really worry about weight with him at all. But I think in the long run, if you want a franchise changer who's going to really maybe get to the, the, the championship promised land someday, it's probably more R.J. Barrett than Zion. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, if I were starting a team right now, I look at R.J. Barrett in similar, I guess, since they have similar size and build to a Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Like, where he can – he can play multiple positions. He can be a ball handler. He can be a top scoring option, but he can also help out on the defensive end as well. Like he has that, like he's in that Jason Tatum. Some will say Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is afraid to shoot the basketball. He's in that kind of Kevin Durant where like he has similar facets and they're all the similar build. I don't want to say Giannis because Giannis is just like lengthy freak of nature, but like, that seems to be where the evolution of the game is, of, like, your franchise EP. And so I think RJ and Zion will go back and forth about who's number one, who's number two, if they're even, you know, one or two or one and three as Zion drops. And, or if for some reason RJ drops and, you know, another Markel Fultz comes around. But, you know, kind of just those kinds of questions. But, like, Duke basketball has what it takes to make a deep run. It's just a matter of he's another comes- he's another one too, um, Markel Fultz, where I was a little suspect about him because Washington had a losing record. Now I know Ben Simmons, you know, he didn't do fare out too well with LSU, but as I said before, if if you can't get your college team to the NCAA tournament at least I don't care if you're losing the first or second round but if you're that good as like I said look at LeBron James he, that Cavaliers team was straight garbage throw the whole team away him on that team to take them to the finals and now he's the missing piece and now they can only win one or two games to start off the season is pretty pathetic so that's why when I was a little you know leery about Anthony Bennett and Markel Foles now Markel Foles it could be um a mental thing. I didn't really see him as a number one pick. Like I said, if you're going to be a number one pick, and that draft was actually had a lot of talent too, you got to be a transcendent player. Unless there's not a lot of um, talent in the league. Um, but like I said, Markel Fultz, I figured was going to be probably an all star. Was he going to be a superstar? Mm, no, probably an all star. Yes. And I just kind of just looked at him like, okay, you pick him as the number one pick, but is he going to be a guy that's really going to make your ball club transcendent no I think he's a guy that you, you, he can fit on the team he's a great piece and that's about it yeah and I was actually going to bring it up kind of transition a little to the NBA kind of as someone who works with you know within behind the scenes coaching players like with with the Markel Fultz situation it's like where do you even start because it's obviously between the ears but we've seen various forms of his shot. You've seen him pump fake and say that it was flipping. The ball flipped out of his hands. We've seen him kind of have hiccups midair. And this was, again, like you said, number one overall pick coming out of school. Like, yes, he was a high scorer, but you know, Washington didn't even get 10 to 10 wins that year. Meanwhile, everyone's like, hey, this, this guy at Duke, the Jason Tatum kid, like, not bad. It was like, just thinking as a coach, where do you even start with Mark Alfon? Is it the workout room? Is it watching tape? Is it kind of do you 
kind of completely crush his confidence and send him to the G League to work on his craft. I don't know you if you send him, him to the school. That's one of those situations like, where Markel is a little bit better than the, the G League, but it's it's more mental for him than anything. He's got the talent when he when he's on it, you can tell that he's on it. But it's just I don't know. It's it's it's, it's, it's a strange it's a strange bird with him. I'll put it to you that way. Like like my thing is like you just say okay, since neither you or Ben Simmons wants to shoot the basketball. You just have a dribble-driving point guard, and, like, he just attacks the basket all the time, kind of. Like, I, I don't even know what the NBA comparison would be of kind of like a point like a point guard that doesn't, like, shoot at all, like, because he's, because it is so mental. And it's like, maybe he just turns into a distributing point guard. Maybe work on his assist. So it's like. We we've seen in recent years some draft picks in that top you know top four top five where it's just like ah. like there's some hits there are a lot of misses and luckily for Duke basketball fans you have at least you have at least two surefire can't misses barring catastrophic injury of multiple magnitudes. Yeah. Okay. So wrapping this up, you, you basically you're saying Zion is trash. No. I'm, I'm okay. Not okay. Yeah, trash. Okay. I was okay. <laughs> just, just trying to make trying to make sure what you're going at with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Zion is believing the hype and he's living up to the hype. I just I just want him to work on that jump shot because in the league, the jump shot can get you. That jump shot is going to be around longer than that dunk will. Unless you're Vince Carter, and then you you're playing until you know you're in your forties, and it's like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, he could have a career like that where he could have a Vince Carter career. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what, it could be possible Hall, Hall of Fame career. Um, I I think that R.J. Barrett might be the franchise guy, but I don't think Zion Williams is nowhere near a Markel Fultz or an Anthony Bennett uh, type of talent. But we will uh, see. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick uh, commercial break, and then when we return. We'll uh, talk a little bit about NBA, the Rockets, and the Warriors. They actually just played on Thursday night. And then, you know, we'll get on out of here. Listen to 88.3 After For the review, we're always on Saturdays, 11 to 1. And then you can listen to us on the podcast if you missed the show. We had a great one with uh, Darren Cohn, the coach, last week. Talk a little bit about NBA. So now David the Man of God Harris. So I'll have his little rant about the NBA. And like I said, always just just check us out all the time here. Once again, Saturdays, 11 to 1, right after one of the best shows here on WXUT's Theme Park with Tim and Vicky. We return a little NBA talk here on 88.3 WXUT's after further review.